Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Well, guys, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is, I think my cough is a little bit better. The bad news is, the healing process, if you can call it that, has resulted in some pretty significant laryngitis. So I give you all full permission to laugh at me when my voice cracks like a prepubescent iteration of old man Bespris. That'll be uh, awkward young man Bespris, I think, is actually your host today of Fantasy NBA Today. I am at Dan Bespris on social media, but again, I am going to be keeping my words to the bare minimum on today's two shows. First thing this morning, we've got a sell-high episode. I put together a fun one today for you, I think. Yesterday's buy low, we already saw one player cash in on it, and that was Jared Allen. I know the Cavaliers game went into overtime, but he also had foul trouble on a way there. Allen, remember in yesterday's show, we talked about him being ranked at about 115. He's now in the 90s already after a big scoring ball game. Uh, we know what's going to happen here. He's still only averaging 28 minutes a ball game when that gets up into the low 30s. That's when he pushes his way past that 60-some-odd barrier, and hopefully you guys were able to make some moves quickly on yesterday's buy low list. Today, we've got a sell-high list of five names. One of them is actually the same as a name from last week, and I think we'll have a few of these as we work our way through these types of shows throughout the season because sometimes you can sell high on a guy, and sometimes it doesn't kick in immediately. Sometimes it does. You know, we had the Brooke Lopez sell uh, or buy low last week, and that cashed itself in very quickly. But, like, for instance, JJJ kind of didn't. So let's see what we've got queued up here on the Sell High Show. Again, you guys can laugh at my silly voice as we work our way through. I'm totally fine with that. But we've got shows to do today. And so, damn it, I'm going to do them. There's the graphic for those that are joining on YouTube. Welcome to folks watching live, watching after the fact, listening on traditional podcast channels. Please do take a moment to like and subscribe in whatever fashion you're taking in this podcast. As you can see here on your screen, I wrote the word week five in massive, massive font just to get everybody ready for what's coming next, which is slightly less massive font. And the first sell high on the list is the king, LeBron James, who's having an unbelievable start to his season. He's ranked uh, somewhere between 12 and 14, depending on what site you're looking at. I think Yahoo had him at 12 last night. Basketball Monster has him at 14. Yesterday's ballgame actually probably pushed him down just a little bit because he didn't have to play in the fourth quarter of a blowout. But either way, LeBron's been unbelievable so far, and he's been largely healthy. He played through the leg injury in the game where it happened and then didn't even miss a beat. I think he's played in all 14 of the Lakers games so far. Anthony Davis has two, oddly enough, but uh, I know he came out partway through a ball game and then sort of wasn't himself in the next one. But we're talking about LeBron right now. LeBron is averaging 25.5 points so far this year. Uh, 25.7. 2.3 pointers 8 rebounds, 6.6 assists, 1.6 steals, 0.7 blocks on 59% from the field, 70% at the free throw line, and 4 turnovers per ball game. And I know what you guys are thinking. When you look at those numbers... None of those numbers feels all that unsustainable for LeBron when you compare it to other seasons he's had in his career. In fact, it's actually lower scoring 
than each of the last two seasons in L.A. The main reason to consider LeBron a sell-high is because this is the best percentage he has shot from the field or three-point land. Well, in three-point land, he's having the best season of his entire career. From the field, actually, this is also the best season he's had is it in his entire career, if that number were to stick. The closest he got was his final season in Miami, where he shot 56.7% from the floor. So two percentage points higher than that, and the best three-point shooting year he had in his career was the year before that in Miami in 2012, where he shot 40.5% on 3.3 threes per ball game. That's significant because right now, those seasons in Miami, it's important to, to note that he was taking 17.5 to 18 shots per game, and only 3.5 to 4 of those were from three-point land. This year, he's taking 16.5 shots per ball game, which, by the way, that's the lowest number for LeBron in his career. Yeah, let that sink in for a minute. And of those 16.5 shots, 5.5 of them are from three-point land. So right now, and look, I get it. LeBron is a powerhouse near the rim. He's always going to have a very high two-point field goal percentage. But right now, everything is just very, very high. And this is not me trying to double down on what might be a bad take. It does seem like LeBron, from an efficiency standpoint, might just be a little bit better this year, perhaps because he has some folks on his team that can help him a little bit. But we also have to realize that because he's actually doing less than at any point in his unbelievable basketball career, the numbers will eventually reflect that. And you could say, oh, Dan, I think his free throw number is going to come back up. But we can't really bank on that because he's had plenty of seasons where he's shot around 70% at the foul line. He's had plenty where he shot 73, 74, 78, 70, or 66. So it, it bounces around for him, and it has throughout his career. The one thing with these percentages, we just, like, the chances of him going up to 59% after not being really anywhere near that for a decade is so unbelievably slim that we have to fade this notion. His minutes are also down, much as we may like to laugh about the fact that he had to play 40 minutes in an overtime game and he played 40 minutes in a, in a win earlier this year. They're trying not to play him in the fourth quarter. Basically, anytime the Lakers have a substantial lead or substantial deficit, if it's a deficit, he'll play the beginning of the fourth quarter, and if they make no headway, they'll get him out. If it's a big lead like yesterday, they're going to try everything in their power to not have to put him back on the court. And it worked. You know, yesterday he played only 24 minutes. They got the blowout win over Memphis. He only played 23 minutes. LeBron's rotations, if you look at the way the Lakers bring him in and out of a ball game, actually lend themselves to him being having a lower minute count than the other stars on the team. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. 
Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And whatever you definition you want to use for stars is fine. But because LeBron tends to come out at about the six-minute mark of the first and third quarters and then come back in either right at the very end of that quarter or at the beginning of the second quarter, depending on you know when the actual game break is, he doesn't he starts the fourth quarter on the floor. And so if the game is a blowout, they're just not going to put him back out there to start the fourth. And that's what you got yesterday. So Anthony Davis got 29 minutes because he typically plays the entire third quarter or up until the last like minute and a half of it. That's why his number was a bit higher. LeBron's rotations are designed to keep him off the court in the fourth quarter, if at all possible. And so when you roll all of that together, and I like to say when you roll it all into one burrito, the stuff with LeBron, like 26 points per game is going to come down when the efficiency starts to come down. 1.6 steals is the biggest number he's had since 2014. That's a number that's likely to come down. Maybe not as low as last year where he had a career low 0.9, but it's likely to come down to something like 1.3 the way it has been in the past. And we can say, well, you know, he's he has gotten to 1.6, 1.7 before. You know when he did that? When he was playing 38 minutes a game in Miami and Cleveland. Since his minutes have been in a little bit more check, the steals number has been down at 1.2, 1.3. So I expect that to drop. Blocks is probably sustainable for him. This is pretty close to where he's been throughout his career at 0.7. Turnovers in the high threes feels normal. And just like not having the basketball to start the play as much as he does right now means the assists are probably going to be in the sixes this year. So what does that mean you should be looking for? And that's a long explanation as for a guy who said he was going to try to budget his words. Well, I think if you can get somebody back in the top 20, you do it. And I think LeBron has a big enough name where you can probably get someone back in the top 20. Someone maybe more sustainable in the top 20. Who might that be? Uh, Kyrie Irving is number 24 right now. He's someone that's going to climb the board as the field goal percent continues to tick up. And frankly, as everybody else starts to slow down, if his stuff stays somewhat constant, I think you'll see him slowly inch his way up the board. You might be able to get LaMelo Ball. I don't know if you want Carl Anthony Towns. He's Those guys are at 26 and 27, probably attainable. Maybe you're going a little too far back. Lowry Markkinen is right next to LeBron in the rankings. He's someone you might be able to grab. Do I think Bam Adebayo is likely to take a small step back? Maybe in blocks, but you could probably get Bam. Uh, you might be able to get Scotty Barnes now that he's sort of slumping a little bit. Think about what you can lock in. Now, if the best thing that someone's going to give you back is, you know, a De'Aaron Fox, who I also have as a sell-high guy, then maybe that's not the path. Maybe you just ride out the LeBron thing. But there are a number of players around him, I believe, on the board that will stay ahead of him as the season goes. And then, again, with these trades, you're just trying to lock in a little bit. Lock in a little bit of value and go from there. Next player on the list who I just mentioned is De'Aaron Fox. He's currently ranked number 18 in 9-cat. And our target for someone coming back in a De'Aaron Fox trade is anybody inside the top 24. So I don't think you're going to be able to aim quite as high as LeBron because Fox is coming off a bad ball game. Uh, and also, I feel like people 
maybe don't fully trust that he's this good yet. And to Fox's credit, he is extraordinarily good at basketball. But we also have to be acutely aware of the fact that he's more than doubled his three-pointer output at any point in his career previously. He's shooting as good as he ever has from the three-point line. He's also taking 22 shots a game, which is three more than he has ever done in the past, even though his minutes have stayed pretty much exactly the same, and that's reflected in the rebounds and the assists pretty much being the same as they have been. Also with Fox, and I guess this may be it sticks, but his steals are extraordinarily high so far this year at 1.8 per ball game. That's a number we expect to drop off a little bit as well. And when you roll it all together, again, you, we're, we're rolling this up again. You expect the three-pointers to dip. Like, how could he possibly take nine three-pointers a game and keep his field goal percent as high as it is right now? All of these numbers seem likely to dip. Field goal percent, number of three-pointers per game, steals is likely to dip. Turnovers are actually extraordinarily low right now for De'Aaron Fox, so those might actually tick up in the wrong direction. He's having an unbelievable year but I don't think he's going to stay inside the top 20. And so if you can get somebody maybe a half round behind him, like some of these guys we were just talking about, a Bam Adebayo, a Kyrie Irving, I don't think you're going to get LaMelo, but if you could get Cat, I would. If you could get someone like a Kawhi Leonard, it might be worthwhile, who's a little bit of a buy-low right now. Probably not going to be able to get Damian Lillard, but you could throw it out there and just see what happens. Maybe you could even get a Jimmy Butler in that mix. Uh, these are all reasonable targets. And like with Butler, the thing right now is that his assists are really low. I figure those will probably continue to slowly work their way up the board. But these are guys that I would consider offering up De'Aaron Fox for, who I think they slowly kind of pass one another. And I think you ought to be able to do it because he's put up some very big numbers so far this year. Third name on the board is Herb Jones. He's the repeat offender on this list. But you know what? When he's been good for another week, that actually means that you are getting closer to being able to cash in on him. Uh, we talked the last Thursday with Josh Lloyd on the show about what you could get for Herb, and he was like, honestly, I don't know that you're going to be able to get much for him because people don't trust that this is what he does now. And that is probably still the case, but slightly less so. Because every week that Herb continues to smash is a week of proof for people who didn't think he was going to be able to sustain it. Question is, of course, how long before people fully buy in? Right now, he's at 12 points. Basically, I'm rounding up. Two steals, 1.6 blocks, 4.3 boards, and about three assists per ball game on a career-best 51.8% from the field, uh, career-best 88% at the free-throw line, and he's getting there more often than he has in the past. It just doesn't seem like all of this stuff is likely to stick, especially when you consider the fact that Almost half of his field goal attempts are from three-point land right now. He's making almost every two-pointer he takes. Uh, he's 2.8, if you want to do the math, 2.8 out of 4.4 from two-point land so far this year. Everything is way, way up. And if you compare it to earlier season or earlier career numbers, the steals, I mean, maybe he could be a two-steal-a-game guy. We know he's one of the best defensive players in the NBA. The blocks have more than doubled any previous season. So that number seems very likely to come down, along with field goal percent, uh, along with free throw percent, but, and maybe assists come down a little bit as well, but th that one's definitely not locked in stone. Yes, losing a block per game or 0.8 blocks per game, that does make a pretty damn big difference for him, and the field goal and all that stuff kind of go in the wrong direction. 
But what he has shown so far this year is that he's going to be a playable fantasy asset. So I think you should be targeting somebody in the 50 range or above, even if we think Herb Jones dips just beyond that. The thing is, I don't know. So Herb is the I don't know guy on this board today. I don't know if you're going to be able to get a top 50 guy back. And if you can't, then I think I would probably just keep riding Herb because at that point it's better to roll the dice, see if he continues to go at this clip for another week, and maybe we'll talk about him again a week from today and say, okay, well, now you can aim for 50 or higher because people are going to be are going to believe it a little bit more. Before we get to the next name on the board, I want to remind everybody again to please do take 10 seconds to go subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, or our YouTube page. It is very important. That's the big thing here. You, the more you guys hit that button, the more we can continue to invest time and resources into putting these shows out and information. It's also fun, frankly, on my end to see the number tick up little by little every day. So scroll on down, hit that button, make sure you like the page on your way out as well, and come find me over on social media at Dan Bespris, or just Google search Dan from Sports Ethos, and the Twitter feed should pop up right near the top. Next name on the board is a new one for this week, but I have talked about him on the podcast before, and that's Jonas Valanciunas, who is currently ranked right around 40, depending, again, on what board you're looking at. You might be slightly in front, slightly behind. I think Basketball Monster has him at 39, and Yahoo has him at 41 or 42. Well, there's a lot going on with him that doesn't feel like he can keep it rolling. We've always known that JV can be a pretty decent fantasy contributor without a truckload of minutes. He was able to do that in Toronto long before he moved to Memphis, where he started to put up the really obscene numbers. But like, if you go all the way back to the Toronto days, he was playing about the number of minutes he's playing right now in New Orleans, which is about 25, 26 minutes per ball game, And he's putting up 13 and 9 with 0.4 steals and, you know, 1.1 blocks or whatever it was on mid 50% shooting. And all of that is pretty darn close to what he's doing right now, with one very obvious exception. He is at a career-best 1.7 blocks per game. The only time he ever got close to that was in a 19-game stretch right after he got traded to Memphis in 2018 when he was given carte blanche to be the whole offense. He took 15 shots a game, and he played 28 minutes a night, and he scored 20 points with 11 rebounds over that month and a half post-trade deadline and he blocked 1.6 shots because he was just going buck wild. Anytime he's been in this 25-minute range, anytime an entire season he's been a part of, his high has been 1.3. So it would be pretty astounding to see him suddenly jump up by almost half a block over his career mark, especially when you consider that the minutes are not up and, frankly, might trend down depending on the health of someone like a Larry Nance who's due back, Trey Murphy's due back, Zion has missed games here and there, and that's helped Valanchunas as well. CJ McCollum being out has actually helped Valanchunas because they've needed a little more offense in his stead. I think we can expect JV's minutes to probably trend down from 25 down towards 23 or 24, and I think we can pretty safely assume that the blocks are going down from 1.7. Where I was wrong was to assume that he'd be outside the top 100. I think JV has found that gear again that he had back in his Toronto days where he can put up you know, top 70 to top 100 value in 25 minutes a game, but top 40 is asking too much. So if you're going to sell on Valanchunas, you want to aim for somebody in the 65 range or higher because I expect him to dip into the 70, 80, 90, 100 bucket when the blocks come down, when the minutes start to inch back down, 
and you'll want to try to lock in a little bit of value above that uh, with a lot of factors that are pointed towards him going the wrong direction. And if you want to take a look at a few examples in there of somebody near 65 that might be worth trying to get with him, Nikola Vucevic is interesting. I don't think you'd be able to get Mikhail Bridges, uh, but he's down right now because of the low steals count so far this year. Uh, who else is in there? You probably could get an injured Jalen Duran, although you might be asking for trouble there. Nurk is a possibility. Uh, Clint Capella is a possibility. I don't think you could get Freddie Van Vliet, but if you could, I would definitely try to go get him as sort of a miniature by low. A lot of really interesting names you could try to pry away from somebody with Jonas Valanciunas. I would suggest you do it. And here is our final name on today's show before I go rest my voice for a couple of hours. Kyle Kuzma. I've been yelling about this one on the regular show for a long time, and I've been yelling about it on Twitter. And so now I'll put him on his own actual moment here in the Sell High show. He's number 76 in nine cap, but the beauty of Kyle Kuzma is that you probably don't need to trade for, to get someone back that's lower than him. People are going to want Kuzma because he's taking 20 shots a ball game. His scoring is high. That's what people look at. So you're going to use his high points total to go get yourself somebody ranked nearby that probably doesn't score as much but has a much better future over the course of this year. And that's not to say that Kuzma is going to do less as the season goes on. In fact, this may just very well be his job from now until the end of the season. But what we do know about Kuzma is, number one, the shooting is above where it's ever been. He's at 47.5%, career 45% shooter. You expect that to come back down, especially with the exceedingly high volume. Free throws are much higher than he's been at any point in his career. And I get it. Sometimes guys get better at these things, but for someone like Kuzma, who's been in the NBA for, what, almost a decade now, a little less than that, I guess, these things don't just both fix themselves in one offseason. The other stuff with him is all pretty sustainable. You might see the turnovers come up a little because he is handling the basketball so much, especially coming off of that 13-assist game. The minutes, I don't know what to do with those. Washington's so bad. I mean, maybe they tick up the tiniest bit, but I wouldn't worry about it because the usage is as high as it's ever been. The thing is here, because there's so much volume involved in what he's doing, any slippage on percentages hurts his ranking a lot. Remember, he started the year shooting 49, 50, 51%, and that's when he was like a top 50 guy. It's come down two to three percentage points and that slipped him all the way to the mid-70s, late-70s. That's where he is now. Another percentage point, he slips another 15, 20 slots. It just doesn't take that much to move him. So the nice part about Kuzma is that you don't have to aim low when you're trying to get somebody back. Jalen Williams is ranked 87th right now. I know he's dealing with a hip injury, but that to me would be a wonderful buy-low-sell-high pairing if you could pull it off. Uh, Brandon Ingram is probably a slightly safer, not that dissimilar version of Kyle Kuzma. You could try to aim just a couple slots in front of him and get someone like a Keegan Murray, who's only shooting 39% and has basically nowhere to go but up the rest of this year. D'Angelo Russell feels like he's pretty locked in in the 60s and 70s this season. That's someone that's probably pretty safely there. Uh, let's see who else is nearby. Uh, I don't know if I'd go for his teammate, Daniel Gafford. The minutes have been too up and down. Mitchell Robinson, who, yeah, he's going to kill your free throw percent, but he's been on his way up since the field goal percent finally came around. 
You might be able to aim even higher. You might be able to get somebody, uh, we just talked about Vooch a minute ago. You might be able to get Vooch if somebody's afraid about of Chicago blowing things up. You could probably get, I don't think I'd go for John Collins because I feel like he'll slip when Walker Kessler comes back, but I don't know if he slips as far as Kuzma does, so maybe John Collins, that'd be a pretty easy one to get. I think I'd work my way down to him on the board. Maybe a Michael Porter Jr. since he's been slowing down, uh, but likely we see the free throw field goal percents come up for MPJ. A lot of options you could attack with Kuzma because his scoring is so high. He's a great sell high because his points are big. That gives you an opportunity to trade for somebody uh, that is nearly, or poss- possibly even above his rank b- uh, because everybody overvalues points. All right, folks, thanks for bearing with me with my laryngitis uh, version of our Sell High show today. Um, I think we're, yeah, we're at the end of the line here now. Um, So I'm going to put my face back on the board. I'm not going to be taking questions in this one. I'll try to take a few questions in our daily recap show. That's coming up in probably about two hours or so. Um, Thank you again. I hope you guys will help share this show, whether it's, again, on social or by just clicking like and subscribe. And make sure to check out our pals over at manscaped.com. Promo code there is ethos20. Get 20% off and free shipping on your order at manscaped.com. And head to sportsethos.com. If you want, by the way, if you guys like the stuff that I do on social media, I do it earlier in our premium Discord, which is available to all Fantasy Pass subscribers. So if you get a Fantasy Pass, that starts at just 6 bucks a month over at Sports Ethos. Join the Discord. That link is in the show description. And let a mod know you have the Fantasy Pass so they can turn on the private channels. One of them is the Dan Vespers Real-Time Thoughts thread. You'll get all of my thoughts as they hit my brain. Most of those come out quickly during the week, not as much on the weekend. But uh, I've heard from a lot of folks that that is one of their favorite parts of the in-season Fantasy Pass. So hopefully you guys will give it a try. Help power the Sports Ethos locomotive. Because, yes, all I ask you to do really for this show is the free stuff, like hit the like and subscribe button. But every once in a while, I got to poke you and say, hey, a couple of bucks in the coffers at Sports Ethos really does go a long way as well. Have a wonderful couple of hours here on this lovely Wednesday pre-Thanksgiving morning. I'll talk to you guys with our recap show in a couple of hours, and uh, we'll be back with you then. So long for now, everybody. I'm Dan Vespers. Later. Later.